to build, what to build. Oh, come on, Lucy. Wow, you're a builder. You're a maker. You're a... <gasps> I got it! Tool call. Hammer. Hammer. Wrench. Wrench. Drill. Drill. Great job, Kapow. Great job, Kapow. Oh, no, wait, that's me. Great job, Lucy Wow. Oh, brother. Now all we have to do is turn this thing on. Let the show begin. Oh, hi there. It's me, Kapow, the mechanical pygmy goat, beaming into your ears all the way from Pflugerville. You might know me as Lucy Wow's sidekick, or you might know me as the world champion of motor coating. Motor coating is like racing a motorboat across a lake, but you use a mechanical goat instead of boats. And instead of a lake, you use a kiddie pool. It's a pretty wild sport <laughs> that I am an expert at. But did you know that I'm also an expert on the subject of invention? In fact, I don't just know about inventions. I was invented. That's right. Lucy Wow invented me right here in her barn in Pflugerville. They really should put a plaque on this barn saying, on this ground, Lucy Wow invented the creator and champion of the Motor Goat Rally Race. But back to inventions. Inventions are everywhere. Flying in the air above you and cruising down the street around you. Which brings us to today's invention. The Prius. The Prius may seem like just another car on the road, but it is actually one of the most revolutionary vehicles ever invented. Let's take a look at why. A Prius is revolutionary because it's a hybrid. Now, a hybrid is something that turns two different things into one thing, like me. I'm a hybrid of a robot and a goat. A hybrid car is one that runs on combustion or gas and electric energy. Now, while the Prius is pretty new, Hybrid cars are actually pretty old. In fact, in the early 1900s, Ferdinand Porsche, the man who started the Porsche company, designed the first one. But back then, gas was cheap and plentiful, and no one knew about pollution. So Porsche's hybrid creation was forgotten. Then in the 1960s, people started realizing that gas cars were polluting the air car companies decided it was time to start looking for a cleaner kind of engine. Some companies worked on an engine that would be run on electricity, while others worked on one that would be run on corn. But in Japan, Toyota thought the best idea was a hybrid engine, just like old Porsche. They called this project G21, short for Global Car for the 21st Century. The man in charge of the G21 project was Takeshi Uchiyamada, a bright 47-year-old engineer with a passion for inventing. It wasn't easy and took years of hard work and dedication, but Takeshi never gave up, and by the 90s, Toyota had a hybrid car that was ready for the world. Since he was the first one to design a modern car with a hybrid engine, he named his new car the Prius, which is Latin for the first of its kind. Now, when it comes to cars, no one buys more cars than Americans. So the ultimate test for any car is when it's released in the US. For the Prius, the year it was released was 2000. It wasn't a hit. Americans thought it was too slow and didn't look cool, even if it did go really far on a tank of gas. I mean, who wants to go far if they're going slow and looking silly? 
but Toyota still believed in the Prius and wouldn't give up. So the Prius underwent a massive redesign overhaul to make it faster and cooler. By 2003, the new Prius had a stylish, futuristic look. It felt like you were driving a car from a movie set in the future. Now, when it comes to movies, no one knows them better than Hollywood. And when it came to the new Prius, no one liked it better than Hollywood. That's right! Movie stars started buying the Prius. People like Leonardo DiCaprio liked the futuristic-looking car and loved its positive impact on the environment. And when all these cool people started driving the Prius, the Prius became cool. Who wouldn't want to drive the same car as the guy from Titanic? That year, sales of the Prius doubled. And in 2004, sales were doubled again. And then the next year, sales doubled again. Ooh. I wish I could make sandwiches double like that. Today, the Prius ranks as the top-selling hybrid on the market, and its impact on the world is seen everywhere. Before the Prius, mileage wasn't cool. Before the Prius, gas was king. But now, because of the popularity of the Prius, every car maker makes a hybrid. And the Prius didn't just change the car world, it changed the whole world by helping cutting down on gas and limiting air pollution, which just goes to show. Inventions don't just help you get where you're going, they help make where you're going better. Oh, hi there, it's me, Kapow, the mechanical pygmy goat, beaming into your ears all the way from Pflugerville. You might know me as Lucy Wow's sidekick, but I'm many other things as well. For example, I'm the inventor of the telejoke. The telejoke is a telephone that turns everything you say into a knock-knock joke. <laughs> no matter what you're saying into your phone, on the other end of the call, they're hearing hilarious jokes. Knock-knock, <laughs> who's there? An expert on the subject of invention. Oh, it must be Kabow. <laughs> In fact, I don't just know about inventions. I was invented. That's right. Lucy Wow invented me right here in Pflugerville to help her on her many adventures. Inventors are everywhere. In fact, you might be an inventor and not even know it yet. As an inventor, one of the things you need to know is that an invention has a life of its own. I mean, Lucy knew she wanted a mechanical pygmy goat for a sidekick, but she never imagined she'd end up with a kapow. And that brings us to Dean Kamen and his invention, the Segway. As a young man, Cayman was just another inventor working in his basement. But when he invented a key piece of technology that helped innovate medical IVs, all of that changed. This invention didn't just save lives, it made Dean incredibly rich. With all that money, Dean was able to leave the basement, but he wasn't about to leave the world of inventing or helping people. He immediately went to work on his next invention. It was a wheelchair called the iBot that could both raise its user to eye height and drive upstairs. The problem with the iBot was that when it raised up high or went up the stairs, it would lose its balance and topple over. So Cayman designed a self-balancing gyroscope. This is a device that keeps your machine perfectly balanced. With one of these inside, you couldn't tip over an iBot even if you wanted to. Cayman quickly realized that the self-balancing gyroscopes could do more than balance a wheelchair. They could really be used to balance anything. He suddenly pictured a fun, zippy device for cruising on two feet. Cayman imagined it could be the ultimate urban transport vehicle between home and work. It would be safer and more environmentally friendly than a car. And unlike a bike, you wouldn't have to leave it at the door. You could just 
roll it inside. He called his new idea the Segway. The Segway, in case you'd never seen one, is a two-wheeled scooter. And just like Dean had envisioned, you stand on it and it rolls you all over town. But though it worked just like Dean had planned, it wasn't popular like he had planned it. You see, Dean thought the Segway would be the next big vehicle. He saw a world filled with Segways everywhere. He flooded the media doing TV interviews and soon enough, when it was released in December 2001 for $5,000, it was big news. It was on magazine covers and the front page of newspapers. It was everywhere. But though it was everywhere and though it worked just like Dean promised, there was a problem. It turned out that you looked uh, a little silly when you were on it. Because of this silliness, the Segway never sold in a big way. Instead of the Segway becoming the next big thing, it became the next big joke. It was even featured in Paul Blart Mall Cop and Arrested Development as part of the comedy. Whatever the reason, Dean's invention looked like it was a failure. But like I said at the start of the podcast, inventions have a life of their own. So while the Segway didn't live up to what Dean planned it to be, his invention did work. The self-balancing gyroscopes kept the Segway upright no matter what. And so Dean started to wonder, what if instead of a Segway, you put the technology in something else? Soon, Dean's self-balancing gyroscopes were being put in hoverboards and one-wheeled skateboards. The Segway company even provided the first scooters to Bird and Lime during the Great Scooter Wars of 2018. What had started as an idea for a wheelchair that wouldn't tip over no matter where you went turned into a Segway and then ended up as part of the electrical scooters we see running down the street every day. It was a success, a failure, and a success all over again. So remember, inventors and builders, you never know what's going to happen, so you should never give up. Who knows? What starts as a tool just might end up a kapow. <laughs> Hello, one and all, it's me, Kapow, the mechanical pygmy goat, coming to you live from Lucy Wow's barn in Pflugerville. Now, you may know me best as Lucy's sidekick, or perhaps you know me as the creator of Baseball Banana Bread. It's sweet, it's savory, and it's stealing second base all at the same time. But today, I won't be cooking, I'll be hosting as we discuss my favorite subject, invention. Now, you may be thinking, why does Kapow love invention so much? Well, my friends, I'll tell you why. I love invention because I was invented. That's right. Every inch of me from my body made of tools to my butt that plays music like a boombox was invented by Lucy Wow. How could I not love inventions when I am one? Inventions are everywhere and so are inventors. In fact, you might be an inventor yourself and not even know it. Anyone from anywhere can be an inventor. You can become an inventor with nothing more than a little bit of imagination, determination, and time. Which brings us to today's invention. Skateboarding. Now, while today, skateboarding is a multi-billion dollar industry impacting millions of lives across the world as an art form, a culture, and a sport, it hasn't always been all that. It took time for skateboarding to go from a way to scrape your knees to a way to sell tees. 
Let's take a look at how it happened. Now, no one is certain who invented the very first skateboard, but it is known that skateboards were invented in the United States. The earliest models were built back in the 1800s and were made of crates of wood with roller derby skates attached to the bottom. They even had handlebars. Basically, at first, they were a lot like modern scooters, but soon, the boxes were replaced by wooden planks and the handlebars were ditched to make it more like surfing. In the 1950s, clay wheels were popularized and this made skateboards much faster. Soon, skaters could be seen flying down the hills of Southern California. The first SoCal skateboards were homemade DIY creations. And while in 1959, companies began making skateboards in factories, these homemade skateboards had started a do-it-yourself creative vibe that still exists in skateboarding today. In the early 1960s, skateboard companies like Hobie and Makaha began advertising skateboarding as sidewalk surfing, or an alternative to surfing when the waves were flat. In order to further promote skateboarding, these companies formed professional teams that would compete in skateboard competitions across California. The clay wheels they were using gripped the street like cleats on grass, and while it allowed for high speeds, it limited your ability to do jump tricks. So these skaters were more likely to do a handstand on their skateboard than do a kickflip. Because of these limitations, skateboarding's popularity ultimately crashed by 1965. Then, in 1973, a man named Frank Nasworthy introduced a type of plastic wheel to skateboarding that changed everything. The new wheel allowed for jumps and tricks that had never been seen before. Soon, the kicktail, uh, the race back end of the skateboard, was invented, and a new style of skateboarding was born, one that took place in the air. This new style wasn't just fun, it was photographed really well. Skateboarding magazines were suddenly filled with aerial tricks, and a new craze of skateboarding began to expand worldwide. It was during this time that SoCal suffered one of the worst droughts, or lack of rainfall, in modern history. In order to save water, people in SoCal were asked to drain their pools. All over LA and Orange County, there were empty concrete pools, and a group of surfers knew just what to do with them. Skate them like a wave! These pools were the first skate parks the world had ever seen. These pool skaters changed everything. It wasn't just their tricks. From their long hair to their rebellious behavior, they were unlike anything anyone had ever seen before. For them, skateboarding wasn't just a sport. It was an attitude. An attitude that spread through the sport like wildfire. In the 1980s, a few pioneers decided that the skate park wasn't big enough and so they took their talents, tricks, and attitude to the streets. There were new inventions like grinding or sliding the bottom of the surfboard along handrails or tables. These new tricks came out around the same time that handheld video cameras were becoming easily accessible. Suddenly, anyone could film themselves doing anything, and no one was doing anything cooler than street skaters. Punk rock music, SoCal fashion, and street skateboarding were combined in skate videos to bring the new rebellious skate culture to the world. Ah. As popular as skate culture had become, it was still counterculture, which means it was considered a little weird. But then came Tony Hawk and his 900, a trick that involved two and a half rotations in the air at the 1999 X Games. The trick was so amazing that it caught the attention of the whole world and made Tony Hawk a household name. Soon, the Tony Hawk Pro Skater video game was born. 
Skate culture was no longer a counterculture. It was mainstream. Today, skateboarding can be seen everywhere, even in the Olympics. People from all backgrounds skate. There are even a few mechanical pygmy goats that skate. It's no exaggeration to say that the invention of the skateboard changed the world. All it took was a piece of wood, four wheels, some imagination, a little bit of time, and a whole lot of scraped knees. Well, folks, we've come to the end of another Kapow's Power of Invention podcast. Come back tomorrow when I'll be covering more inventors and inventions. And while you're waiting, you do realize there are just a slew of shows that take place in Pflugerville, right? It's true. There's Bobby Wonder, who's trying to protect Pflugerville from Mighty Mila, and Lucy Wow over in the Big Red Barn, inventing all sorts of cool stuff with her mechanical pygmy goat Kapow. Hey, that's me. Lucy goes big, and then she goes bigger. Oh, and if you like strange and spooky stories, you should check out R.L. Stein's Story Club. That's a real winner. I'm in the club, so I get to hear all the stories. And you can too. Keep on the lights, folks. Just search for Bobby Wonder, Lucy Wow, or R.L. Stein's Story Club, wherever you get your podcasts, and you'll find your way. And don't forget, Friday's Listener Mailbag. If you've got a question about the world of Go Kid Go shows, Pflugerville, or Lil O' Me, send it to kapow at gokidgo.com. You might get your question read live on the show. It's very exciting. Have yourself an inventive day. Make something, build something, go big, and then go bigger. Until next time, this is Kapow signing off. Go Kid Go! Go Kid Go!